Blog Talk Radio. It is your man, Brandon Stubbs. Another episode here of Punch to the Face Radio. Uh, as always, you could be anywhere in the world this evening, but you're here with me. And as always, I do appreciate that. Uh, tonight's show is all about the ladies with the being Valentine's Day uh, week. It's all about the ladies of mixed martial arts, that is. Uh, showing love here to, um, to they're not, they're overlooked and maybe not as respected as they should be in the sport. And we've got a, a various different levels of fighters and, and, and going to get their takes on different things here this evening. I'll be joined by Tanya Avenger here about halfway, uh, half, oh, 30 minutes from now. Uh, veteran, Ben and Wade, maybe the most ducked. How do you say that? She's the most ducked Ben and Wade right now uh, out there and probably and arguably maybe the most talented fighter not in the UFC today. We'll get her take on uh, her ranking amongst the best bantamweights in the world and why in the hell she thinks she's not in the UFC yet. Uh, but she is an Invicta uh, bantamweight fighter, and hopefully uh, we'll get some word from her if she'll be fighting for the belt a little bit later this year. Uh, also joined uh, by another Invicta FC fighter, uh, Megan Mayhem Goodwin. Uh, she is just turned pro here last year, had her first bout with Invicta here uh, late fall, I did come up short in her first fight, so I'm going to get her take on um, you know, how things have been going since uh, that first defeat here of her career and how she plans on bouncing back, and one hopefully we'll see her back in the cage. And finally, we'll be joined by Summer Bradshaw. Summer Bradshaw is a, uh, another uh, up-and-coming MMA fighter. Uh, she just uh, She's turned pro here last year, three fights beneath her belt, and she's juggling not only being a professional fighter and having a career and want to make that, uh, her thing, she's also a parent of two kids. So I'm getting her take on how she can balance both of those um, very strenuous jobs of being a parent and uh, being a full-time MMA fighter. So we will have that. We'll have your uh, tweets, uh, possibly even your calls, if I, if I deal with that tonight. But it's all about showing love here at Valentine's Day uh, week. So you know the drill. Tweet me at punch underscore the number to the face. As well, give a call into the short area code 718 Five zero eight nine eight five two. Again, we'll be joined by Tanya Ebinger here in about thirty minutes or so. Uh, we did reach out to Leslie Smith. We thought we had her book. We just, you know, this week came, uh, tried to get everything confirmed. Just never, never got really solid communication back. But we'll always shoot to have Leslie Smith on here at a later date. So no worries there. We'll get her back on, and as well, um, we'll have some news on who we're going to have on the show. Next week, which is going to be a big show, it's going to be a fun show. So we'll have information on that. So let's first get let's get into the news here of of the week. Um, you know, here we go again, man. We got yet another fighter uh, getting popped here for uh, for drugs. 
this time around it's uh, Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard uh, got knocked here uh, following his post-fight drug test um, after UFC 182. Now, keep in mind, here we are in February. That fight was, what, the first weekend of January? And that's just now coming out. So these test results aren't getting back really in a timely manner. Um, you can take that forever. It's worth. Uh, but he did get knocked. And what he got knocked for was kind of a, a designer drug, as, as many have, uh, have called it, uh, in regards to what he got popped to. Um, you know, it came kind of a – it was kind of strange. We all kind of were wondering, okay, uh, his bout with Roy McDonald at UFC 186 was canceled. And we were all kind of like, okay, well, why did they cancel it? No one knew. Nothing came out. And even Hector Lombard had said that he didn't know until he actually heard from Ariel uh, Hawani via Twitter, via social media, that the fight had actually got canceled. He didn't know. Um, so needless to say, it's been uncomfortable for him. And then come to find out, boom, uh, yeah, he got knocked here for uh, PEDs. Go figure. So... Uh, he got knocked for that, so now he is out of UFC 186. Uh, no idea what they're going to do with right now with Roy McDonald. So as it stands right now, Roy is going to be off of that card uh, here in Montreal. So he's going to be off of that card. Um, I mean, it just seems like this is starting to become like a broken record. Every week uh, we've had somebody. I mean, keep in mind, we haven't even had 60 days in into 2015, and we've already had John Jones for cocaine. We've had Nick Diaz for weed, Anderson Silva for uh, PEDs, Hector Lombard for PEDs. Those are from the UFC. Uh, we've got John Fitch testing positive after World Series of Fighting, uh, 17 against, um, against his loss against Superman Palaharis. Excuse me, uh, World Series of Fighting, 16, I want to say. He got knocked uh, in his post-fight drug test. So, I mean, it, it's pretty rampant. It's pretty sad. It's almost one of those things to where every week you're wondering, okay, now who? So that, that's the question. It's okay. I'm like, all right, well, we went halfway through this week with no news uh, in regards to anybody else getting knocked, and then boom, Hector Lombard here uh, yesterday. So yet another fighter uh, knocked off, and um, just sad. This is a real sad state the UFC and MMA is in because it's really giving it a black eye. It's getting you. Horrible start uh, here to this year. Um, it's just sad. And speaking of which, um, you know, with the, the positive test here from Anderson Silva and all that news that broke here uh, last week and what have you, uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission also um, him, had him removed as being a coach there at the Ultimate Fighter that they're uh, filming right now. So he's been replaced by uh, Antonio Nogueira, a.k.a. Big Nog, is replacing him as being the coach there on the Ultimate Fighter Brazil that they had uh, just started taping. They started taping, I want to say he was maybe three to four days in from what I'm understanding, and he has gotten replaced. Um, they don't want him being a coach to something he's not going to, uh, you know, giving, given his current state with him and the uh, the drug testing. So there's that. So he'll have to uh, face the Nevada State Athletic Commission here next week, and obviously once that news breaks, um, I think he goes to see them on the 17th. So we won't have it on next week's show unless something else happens. We'll have it on the following week. So there we go. More PEDs, folks. Got to love it. Got to feel. Got to love these guys filling these drug tests and giving the sport a black eye. So it's like the sport's kind of going back into a, a really dark place, really dark era uh, that we really don't want to see it go at. But at this rate, it's 
people letting them do that. You know, they're they're letting the sport get out of hand, and it, it's just it's just sad, sad all the way around. Um, as I stated, you know, uh, Hector Lombard and Roy McDonald are now off of the UFC 186 card. Now that was scheduled for Montreal um, here in April, but in its place, um, <sighs> this is going to sound pretty disrespectful, but it just is what it is. Uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is going to be defending his flyweight championship uh, against a guy that, quite honestly, I've never heard of. Um, I know he's fought in the UFC, but I have no idea who, um, let me make sure I enunciate this right uh, or close to it, uh, Kajui Horigachi, Horiguchi, something like that. Um, he's going to be facing Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson there for the flyweight championship. So that's actually now... Uh, the second championship fight that's going to be part of UFC 186, uh, headlined by Renan Burrell versus TJ Dillashaw, part two. Uh, so that, that fight got announced here this week, and like I said, I, I don't even know who this guy is that, that Demetrius is facing. And that, that's not trying to be a slight against him, it's just that's the whole point. Demetrius has wiped out that division to where it's nobody there. Now, the guy he's facing here in uh, Horiguchi uh, did uh, beat Louis Glamont here earlier this year at UFC 182. I want to say that was maybe one of the prelim fights. Um, really, his resume is nothing of that I'm really impressed with. He has one here now, let's see, what, nine straight fights. So, you know, and he's going to be a knockout and what have you. And this is one of those fights to where if, uh, Demetrius isn't paying attention, isn't taking him seriously. This guy does have knockout power, but, um, you know, with me not being too familiar with him, I don't know how much of a chance I'll give him. But, hey, that's not until April, so obviously I'll have some time to set back, uh, view that card, and, and give it a more of a, a fair breakdown uh, later here in the coming months. So that's going to happen there at UFC 186. Uh, so more shifting now is uh, you've now added a, Alexis Davis versus Sarah Kaufman has been added to that fight card as well. Um, uh, like I said, it looks like Rory's going to be completely off altogether unless some, something completely breaks down between now and April. Uh, I don't look for him to be on that card. You know, unfortunately for him now, he's going to be playing the waiting game, seeing who gets injured, who moves where. Uh, but right now, Rory is without a dance partner, at least for the subsequent future. Um, here uh, in, in, for him fighting. So kind of sad that that happened to Roy because this isn't Roy's fault that all this happened. It, it's You can't blame him. Um, he didn't piss dirty. It was all on um, all here on Hector Lombard. So it's to see what kind of disciplinary action he gets here, but we'll get more news on that here in about a week and a half. Here, uh, Two weeks from tonight we'll have that update as well. Another fight uh, that was announced here today. Now it's, it, it was rumored all day. Uh, but finally, both uh, really Uriah Faber and Tina Alphamel made it official. It'll be Uriah Faber moving in weight to featherweight. To play, well, I'm assuming featherweight. We really don't know. Um, facing Frankie Edgar here at uh, UFC Manila. It's going to be the UFC's first time in the Philippines. That fight's actually going to go down over in the Philippines here. Uh, that is here um, May 16th. So that'll be here later uh, in the um you know, late spring, early summer, uh, over in the Philippines, that fight is going to happen. So a highly interesting fight there because, quite honestly, you know, um, what are they going to do? I mean, it's, it's, it, it's 
the argument was today, it was, it's just a super fight, because that's what, you know, some of the people in the UFC were labeling this, this is a super fight. Um, it's not. It's not a super fight for the simple fact of it's not the two best in their, in their respective divisions fighting each other. It's the second or third best in the relative divisions fighting each other. Um, you know, you can make an argument that Frankie's the second best featherweight in the world, you know, in the world, at least in his division. We'll just say in his division, there in the UFC behind Jose Aldo. There will be some who want to throw Conor McGregor's name in there. That's neither here nor there. So he's in that mix there amongst the top three. You know, and in the Bantamweight division, in Uriah Faber's case, you know, he's behind his champ- the champion and his teammate, T.J. Dillashaw, and then uh, the former champion, Renan Burrell. So it's not like you've got the two best fighters in the world fighting each other. That's not a super fight. So I, I really want that to stop going around. I don't like that, that phrase, super fight, um, because it's not, I mean, a super fight would be, you know, John Jones' champion moving up to heavyweight to fight Cain Velasquez or Fabrizio uh, Verdun. That would be a super fight. George St. Pierre versus Anderson Silva when they were both champions. That would be a super fight. Um, if you got two retired legends coming back to fight each other, you could technically call that a super fight if they've both been retired a respective amount of time. That's a super fight. Um, these two men are just two guys who need a fight against each other at this point. It's not a super fight. It's just um, two guys who need a fight and who don't have opponents. Um, with with your right favor not want to fight T.J. Dillashaw, you know, that eliminates his opportunity to get a fight. Uh, right now, unfortunately for Edgar, he got passed over for business decisions by the UFC uh, to get a rematch with Jose Aldo. Instead, it's going to be Conor McGregor in that spot. So, you know, Rod Faber had an opponent in um, Rafael Asensio who ended up getting hurt. Uh, so that fight got canceled. You had uh, some people saying that he ducked a couple fights. Uh, he, he, you know, he had some fights offered to him, and he had said no. Um, so, I mean, like I said, both of these guys, they need a fight. And, you know, it, it kind of sort of makes sense, you know. So, our favor is going to move up and wait. Uh, the early indications from my, what I saw on my timeline today uh, that a lot of people believe Frankie Edgar is going to absolutely smash um, Uriah Faber, which I don't understand where people's logic will come in there, why they would just ultimately think that, that that's kind of one of those out-of-the-blue things, what makes them think that, he could be that dominant over him, whatever. Um, I, I don't see that, but I do see it being a very competitive fight. And I honestly think maybe with the right favor, I have to worry about cutting the weight and actually being able to move up in weight. He may actually smash Frankie Edgar. I think it could be the polar opposite. Uh, with him not draining the weight, he may come in a lot stronger than what he's usually uh, used to or what we're typically seeing him as to where he could be a little bit more dominant. So, uh, time will tell, but we got some time before that. That'll be here in May over in the Philippines. So uh, UFC's first trip over to the Philippines should be a very interesting uh, fight card because you're going to have that uh, is, is really your big your big item. And I know they're going to have a lot of local uh, Asian talent also on that card. So that'll be filling out here in the coming months. But yeah, that, that's a big, interesting fight that's been announced here today. 
another fight that was announced here today, and I honestly think that this is this is a lot more interesting than I think what people will initially think, but Ryan Bader versus Daniel Cormier will happen here on June sixth June sixth, uh, in New Orleans at UFC Fight Night. Um, yo, this is a fight that Ryan Bader needs this win. If Ryan Bader wants to be considered amongst the elite there at light heavyweight, this is a must-win fight. If he doesn't win this fight, you know, he's going to be relatively looked upon as being a gatekeeper, um, really, at the end of the day. That's just really what it would be. Um, for Daniel Cormier, this win kind of keeps him, I don't want to say treading above water, but kind of keeps him in his spot. Uh, this is his opportunity to say, hey, I'm still here. I'm still amongst the best here in the 205-pound division. You know, give me another top guy. Let me get my crack again at John Jones or whoever the champion at that time. So, interesting for Ryan Bader because Bader needs this to actually show that he belongs. Daniel Cormier needs this to show that he is uh, far from far from being done at this rate, and that that loss against John Jones was just maybe him fighting a better fighter at that time. So. We shall see, but that will happen here on June 6th, UFC Fight Night. All these cities are getting different, you know, UFC events. You know, Cleveland's been talked about now. New Orleans gets one. Fairfax, freaking Virginia gets one. But here in Kansas City, uh, where there's actually, you know, UFC talent who trains out of here and fights out of here, um, and Victor was based here, doesn't get a UFC event. I'm still beyond I, – I, I just – I don't get it. I don't get that at all, how other – other cities can get UFC events, but yet and still my hometown of Kansas City gets overlooked again and again and again. So New Orleans gets one, Fairfax, Virginia gets one, Kansas City doesn't. So there you go. Uh, let's kill some rumors here right now. Tim, El- uh, Tim, not Tim, Elliott, excuse me, Tim Kennedy is not retiring. Now, despite reports that actually surfaced here, uh, on Twitter, you know, with an interview with um, BJPenn.com that stated, you know, he was that wasn't sure when he was going to fight again. Now, keep in mind, he just had knee surgery, so that was not one of those things like I don't know if I'm ever going to fight again. It was more of I just had knee surgery, bro. I don't know when I'm going to fight again. So, you know, Tim Tim had to actually take to his Twitter account and said that uh, I'm not retiring. I will always be fighting in one form or another until the day I die. I just don't want I'm going to fight next. He's not retiring. Um, you know, after that tough loss to Yoel Romero here last year, I know it's kind of a, one of those bittersweet things that kind of stung him quite a bit, but I don't see him being done in regards to uh, MMA fighting. He can still be amongst the top there in the middleweight division. Um, so don't see that happening. Uh, right now, at all. Uh, so that rumor, that was just one of those bad reporting uh, in regards to um, BJPenn.com. So no, he is not retiring. Uh, Tim Kennedy is alive and well, just needs to get his knee healed up, and then he'll be back to giving hell and um, and tormenting people. Just ask Michael Bisping in regard to that. So he is not uh, retiring. Uh, other news... I noticed that, uh, you know, Sarah Kaufman is going to face Alexis Davis in a fight. Well, you know, it was initially rumored and, and kind of being targeted. They bannered back and forth on Twitter, uh, her, Sarah Kaufman and Misha Tate about a fight. Well, 
Now, Sarah Kaufman is trying to say that Misha backed out of the fight. Uh, Misha cannot get medically cleared. Uh, as you all know, she broke her orbital bone uh, during her f- uh, first round of her fight um, a couple of weeks ago here against, um, I forgot who she fought that quick. Um, but she broke her orbital bone. Uh, she broke, it was a Sarah McMahon, Sarah McMahon. Uh, she broke her orbital bone, and, you know, she had to, I don't think she had to, she felt the liberty of putting her actual CT scan on her Instagram uh, showing um, where did she have to break there in her orbital bone uh, and saying, you know, that uh, she's not ducking anyone, uh, she's medically suspended, she can't fight, um, you know, she wants to actually fight uh, Betch Correa. Next is who she's actually calling out, and Sarah Kaufman stuck her nose in. So, um, you know, hey, it's 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 a strange, strange circle uh, in regards to all of it, but uh, neither one are, you know, none of those women are even close to fighting Ronda Rousey right now. No one wants to see a third fight with her, Misha Tate. So we shall see, but that is, uh, there's that. You know, she had to had to put her CT scan up on Instagram just to show um, that, no, she can't get medically cleared. You know, if it's really getting to that level uh, to where, you know, you have to put up pictures of your injury, uh, you know, Diego Sanchez put up a photo. If you haven't seen that, go go to his Facebook page, uh, showing like the metal rod that's there, uh, holding his collarbone together. Bobby Green uh, put one out as well of his knee surgery. Uh, we saw seen the X-rays here of uh, Tyron Woodley's foot after it broke, and it's it looks bad. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things to where, okay, we get it. You were hurt. You don't have to show us. Uh, some photos are just a little bit too much information, and 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 I understand what you know where Misha was coming from on that. She didn't want to kind of uh, be labeled or dogged out and saying that no, you didn't want to take a fight when she really wants to take a fight. So it's it is what it is, man. It, it's kind of kind of kind of shameful that they gotta you gotta kind of stoop to that and do that, but. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Misha will be on the sideline here for a little bit, but we will uh, we'll we'll see her again in fighting and causing hell. Uh, like I said here, maybe about five minutes or so, we'll be joined here. We'll be dialing in here to Tanya Avenger um, of Invicta FC, uh, top-rated bantamweight in the world, uh, but not with the UFC. So it begs the question of who's the best, you know, who's the best fighter? Period. Uh, you know, but mainly women, mainly women. Who's the best female fighter not in the UFC today? Uh, that That's the question that's to be posed because, let's face it, there's really her, Cyborg, and Jessica Aguilar. Those are only three that really come to my mind of, you know, top female fighters not in the UFC. So, you know, that, that's the question of the day. Like, who is the best female fighter, not in the UFC. And we'll get Tanya's opinion on why she thinks she has uh, not been, you know, maybe given that that fair opportunity or or given that look uh, to go over there and fight in the UFC. Uh, You know, she is uh, very, very interested in in eventually going over there, but hey, we'll see. Uh, Looks like we actually have a caller calling in now. Caller, you're live on Punch the... Okay, well, never mind. Caller dialed in and, and dropped out. 
So, hey, but feel free to call me anytime here on Punch in the Face Radio. Again, our number is area code uh, 718-508-9852. You can also tweet me throughout the show with punch underscore the number to the face. And as well, you can shoot me an email at brandon at punchtheface.com. But, yeah, we, we always want to hear from you, especially on Twitter. During the week, I love banding back and forth with people on Twitter uh, in regards to various items, various things. Uh, Shout-out to everybody over in the U.K. Uh, U.K. has some very crazy fans. Uh, Shout-out to everybody up in Canada. Uh, tomorrow night you will have a World Series of Fighting uh, that will be going down from Canada. It will be live on NBC Sports Network. Uh, I'll preview that car here a little bit later in the show after our all of our guests. So we will uh, definitely uh, break that down. It, it's one of those things that's weirdest on a Thursday night, for one. Um, so I don't know if a lot of people are even even aware of it. And, again, this, this goes to show it. It seems like I'm a broken record with this one in regards to uh, the World Series of Fighting and NBC Sports Network of them not promoting these events right. And the timing of these events are so... It's, it just makes my head hurt, but uh, we'll have at least fights tomorrow night here, so maybe it's a good thing. You know, they're going to be on on Thursday. You're going to have uh, Bellator on Friday, and then on Saturday we'll have uh, UFC fight night. So I can understand them not wanting to go head-to-head uh, with either one of those, but, uh, again, they – you know, why not have it last weekend when there was no fights whatsoever on TV? That would have been a perfect night. Last Saturday it would have been a perfect night to have World Series of Fighting on. It would have been in its own little spotlight, and there was no Bellator to contend with it on Friday night, no other UFC event going on that weekend to where World Series of Fighting could have had, uh, you know, MMA, media and fans, their eyes all could have been on their event, but they didn't do it. Ugh. They kill me with that, but uh, so that's they, they need to hire me. That's what they need. The World Series of Fighting needs to hire me and help have me run their, you know, help them run that because it, it's it's obvious to me that they some some kind of disconnect there between what they should be doing and what they are doing. Because what they should be doing is not going head to head with the UFC in any way, shape, or form, or, or even Bellator for that matter. Have your events on your night where you're all to yourself, you know, plan accordingly and do it that way. But obviously, again, they don't listen to me. They don't want to hire me. But we'll we'll get some figured out, hopefully. You know, I've reached out extended times to Ali and Ray Seffo there, uh, you know, guys who work in the office there at World Series of Fighting, to have them on and have them explain some of the questions we have in regards to some of the things they're doing in regards to some of the fighters bad-mouthing them, but they – they, you know, they just kind of choose not to not to go that route. But, hey, it is what it is. But uh, speaking of it is what it is, we're actually going to give a call in right now to our first guest tonight here, Tiny Avenger. So let's see if we can get her here on the line here this evening. It's ringing. Hello? 
right, well, no word yet here from Tanya, so we'll try her back here a little bit later. We'll give her a few more minutes and try her again and see if we can get her live here on the air. It's live radio. These kind of things happen. Um, let's see. We got a tweet in here. Okay. Yeah, but we definitely want to hear from you. Who is the best fighter, female fighter especially, not in the UFC today? Uh, your opinion, your take on that here on Punch the Face Radio. Again, you can call into us here at 718-508-9852. You can tweet me at punch underscore the number two the face. And as well, make sure you follow, and you can even tweet uh, at badculture dot, uh, just, excuse me, at, uh, that's actually, excuse me, the bad culture. So follow us on Twitter at the bad culture. You can also tweet uh, at the bad culture as well, uh, your take here on regards to who's the best uh, female fighter not in the UFC today. Kind of this kind of takes me back here to maybe last year's show, uh, where we had uh, Invicta President Shannon App on the show for Valentine's Day week. Um, we had technical difficulties at that point, and I, I always remain in debt for Shannon for sticking with me and hanging in there the entire show. Um, kind of had a, a rough patch getting her on and getting her on the air, but a shout out to her for sticking in there with me and, and doing the show. So this is going to be a, a yearly. Thank you for Punch the Face Radio of every Valentine's week. We're going to shed spotlight and shed love here to the ladies of um, mixed martial arts. I mean, because at the end of the day, a lot of their fights actually steal the show when they're on the cards. And end of this month is going to be a very, very pivotal moment, I would say, for them because MMA eyes are all going to be on them in Los Angeles because you've got Ronda Rousey, who's the best female fighter in the world, and, you know, she had her Sports Illustrated picks this, this week that came out. Uh, that's whatever. But you'll have her headlining a card against Kat Singano, where she's going to be defending her belt. Uh, Raquel Pennington and Holly Holm in a co-main event on that same card there that Saturday night. Well, the night before, Invicta FC is going to have Chris Cyborg, who's, you know, arguably the second best female fighter there is in the world. Uh, defending her featherweight championship for Invicta FC against Charmaine Tweet, and they're going to have a uh, you know their whole card there that same night, um, there that Friday night. So it's a big weekend for women's mixed martial arts. That you know the end of the month, it, it could really it could get more attention to it. But if the fights suck, it's going to be one of those things to where you know a lot of people are going to rag on it because there's still not a lot of people who are convinced that these women can bring it and that women's mixed martial artist is legit and is here to stay. So it, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of a it's a weird catch-22 for, for women's mixed martial arts. So that's something I definitely want to get my guest take on here tonight. So uh, we'll try Tanya Evinger back here in a few moments. Um, in the meantime, let, actually, let me take a quick break, rest my voice, and then we'll try uh, Tanya Evinger back here. So, again, this is Punch the Face Radio, and I will be back here in a few moments.
So what we're going to do is we're going to try our guest again here, uh, Tanya Evinger, and see if we can get her here on the line. All right, we'll still know. All right, we'll still know Tanya here this evening, so I, I do apologize about that. Maybe we can get her on here a little bit later, but hey, the show will roll on. What we'll do in the meantime is uh, we have, uh, you know, a Megan Goodwin who will be joining us a little bit later here in the show. Uh, in between there, what we'll do is we'll talk a little bit about here. Um, since I was already ranting about it, let's talk about here tomorrow night's um, <clears throat> World Series of Fighting. Now, World Series of Fighting 18 is, is going down up in Canada, and Marlon Moraes is going to be defending his uh, his championship title against Josh Hill. Now, Josh Hill's undefeated, um, Canadian guy. That's why the fight's up there, thinking it can actually draw a little bit more. Uh, but really, the card in itself is not a lot of uh, not really a lot of guys known, um, <laughs> which. It's not really that that good, but hey, it's neither here nor there. Uh, one familiar face that's kind of weird is Cody McKenzie is going to be a part of the card now. I don't know if he's, his fight is actually going to be televised. I've seen a couple of different things. One saying it's going to be televised. Another saying it's going to be a part of a local fight portion of the card that's going to be streamed uh, on WorldSeriesOfFighting.com. Uh, from what I'm understanding, it's going to be a couple of different sets of fights. You're going to have a set of fights. Uh, that you'll be able to stream before the main card starts on NBC Sports Network. And then it's going to be two, I think, two or three fights after the main card ends uh, that's going to show local talent uh, that will be streamed online as well. So you're going to get a fight speaker for, you know, your regular prelims that you get, a couple of fights that will be actually televised, and then a couple more that will be streamed again after the main card ends. Uh, just just weird all the way around. Uh, again, I, I don't know who thinks of these ideas. I really don't. I don't get it. It makes my head hurt. Um, so there's that. So so that's, that's going to go down there here on uh, tomorrow night. So uh, definitely go to WorldSeriesOfFighting.com or follow them on, twi- follow them on Twitter. Uh, maybe the best bet uh, there at uh, MMA World Series. Follow them, and they'll obviously have some updates to let you know where uh, you can can watch everything go down, but that that's how that's going to be broken down here tomorrow. Now, the card itself, like I said, it, it really isn't anything on there that's overly wowing. Um, Cody McKenzie, you know, former Ultimate Fighter contestant and what have you, former UFC fighter, uh, just kind of had a very weird career path uh, since losing his last fight 
uh, for the UFC here uh, December of 2013 against Sam Stout. Um, Performing a regional show, uh, won a fight, and then fought last year uh, in a one-night tournament there for Battlegrounds MMA. He ended up losing his opening round fight there to Brock Larson. Uh, went over and fought um, overseas uh, for M1 Global Challenge. He lost there in December. Um, after that loss, he pretty much said, hey, I retire. So he retired, which kind of threw us off for somewhat of a loop. Uh, here's a guy who's still relatively young, um, you know, t- 27, won the Ultimate Fighter, but quit. He's just pretty much retired. Um so, you know, he retires, comes, you know, he's offered a fight kind of out of the blue and comes back. Now, he did look, he looked pretty awful in in his fight there at Battlegrounds MMA here uh, late last year. Was Did not look impressive at all. Uh, did not look to be in any sort of semblance of shape uh, about him at all. Um, so, wasn't, wasn't too shocked that he lost his fight. Um, kind of surprising, you know, how he kind of, I don't say he take it uh, took it unprofessionally, but just didn't seem just didn't seem game ready. Maybe it's maybe the best way of describing it. Uh, just didn't seem game ready there for that fight. And um, yeah, it, he paid the price and lost. So um, interesting. He's now coming back here and he's going to be fighting here for World Series of Fighting uh, tomorrow night. Like I said, I think his fight is going to be a part of one of the portions that's on the prelims that'll be streamed. Uh, what what does he have left, and how serious is he actually taking this? I know he took this fight here pretty much in about two weeks' notice, so we don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in um, in regards to, um, you know, him fighting. He's actually, they're kind of bringing him in to be the opponent uh, against uh, Andrew uh, McNeese, who's 5-1, uh, and one, um, a guy that I think the World Series of Fighting is kind of hoping, um, you know, they can sign him and maybe catch on to something. Uh, he's one of he lost his first pro fight. He's won uh, five straight since, and he has won all five of those via submission. So, you know, th- this could be interesting. Cody McKenzie's no slouch on the ground, but, you know, if he's not training and taking the fight seriously and he's not going to come in shape, uh, you know, Andrew could actually put him could put a number on him, and he's going to be able to put this name on his resume, beating an Ultimate Fighter winner. You know, hey, the sky could be the limit for this guy. So, I mean... It's kind of sad that you have a guy who was just winning, you know, won the world, uh, won the Ultimate Fighter a few years ago, and now is looked upon as being just an opponent. Uh, you know, like when we interviewed Colton Smith here on the show here a couple of weeks ago, and he had said, you know, I flat out asked him, he was winning the Ultimate Fighter or a gift and a curse? And he said it really is. And, and this is kind of, you know, Cody McKenzie's a, another example of that. You have some guys who are part of the show and – you know, may not win the show, but then actually going to have successful careers after, which you have guys who win the show and then seem to flame out. Um, it's been more of the, the latter of guys who've actually won the show and then flamed out, uh, which is really sad that that actually happens. But uh, he looked like he's, you know, Cody McKenzie's one of those who's going to flame out. So, like I said, he's going to be brought in as opponent against Drew McNeese there uh, in World Series of Fighting tomorrow night. So we'll, we'll see what kind of shape he's in. Now, as far as the main event goes, you know, Marvin Moraes is could be one of those young fighters that's on the cups of really being something great. Uh, he's now one here, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight straight wins, um, and we'll see what, six of those underneath the World Series of Fighting banner. 
so it's been a you know been quite some time since he's lost. It's been close to four years since he's lost a fight, and he seems to be everly improving. And at age 26, you can definitely see the ceiling. He hasn't reached that yet, and that that's a good thing in his case. Uh, you know, he hasn't faced the top top competition. There were World Series of Fighting. You know, Cody Bollinger uh, took the fight. You know, short notice. They you know the whole weight thing, but. Cody was game. He, he tried his best in that fight. Uh, Carson Beebe, he's beaten. Tyson Nam, you know, he beat a shell of Miguel Torres. Let's just keep it real. Uh, Brandon Hempelman, you know, that, that may be, that's one of the ones I kind of look at and say, okay, you know, that was a unanimous decision win. But Hempelman's legit. Uh, he's only lost two fights, and, you know, one of those was to Morea. So, uh, you know, Marlon he can definitely use more stiffer competition. And in Josh Hill's case, we don't know if that's him. You know, this is only going to be his uh, second fight here for the World Series of Fighting. Well, technically, that's his second fight. When they have the World Series of Canada, um, that really doesn't count the World Series of Fighting Canada. That's it's just the same thing. But you know, he hasn't he hasn't beat top competition. There's a lot of local fights there in Canada, um, so he's a draw up there in Canada, and he's a you know good looking guy. They you know could be. If he wins, especially if he wins, could be you know really big for them in that market. I think market him and push him correctly. But is he really ready for the big time? Is he ready for a guy like Marlon Moraes? Uh, answer is no. I think there's there's levels to this. I think Marlon Moraes is at a different level now. You know, Josh has fought last year in June. Uh, in, in Marlon's case, he fought here in September. So maybe not as much cage rust uh, for the two. So I think Marlon's going to be a little bit more sharper out there. And he just seems to have a lot more uh, tools in the back. He, he seems to to do different things every time we see him out there. He's improved on his striking. This seems to get better and better. Uh, the submission game, he doesn't really use all that much. Granted, he got a submission win over uh, Cody here in September. But we know it's there. We know he's highly capable of using it. It's just he... You just don't see it that much. You, you see him with the leg kicks. You see him chopping his opponents down and then, you know, pretty much pouncing on him from there. So it's going to be really for Josh. His only chance is going to be if he can weather the early storm because he's going to get pressure put on him early and to be able to maintain uh, that focus. And if he can weather the storm, he may have a shot. But uh, Marlon's going to put too much pressure on him. And I look for Marlon Moraes uh, to retain his championship title uh, there for World Series of Fighting. They're in that bantamweight division, so uh, we shall see. But that's that's the main event tomorrow night. And like I said, pretty much everyone else on the card I have never heard of um, for the most part. Um, you know, not trying to be funny or anything like that, but it is a lot of uh, local Cana- Canadian talent. I know some that they still kind of had underneath the um, – they bought out one of those promotions up there and was trying to launch the World Series of Fighting Canada. Um, uh, Mark Drummond, uh, Spencer Jeb. Uh, is another one, another one of those fights that, I, I've, you know, Canadian guys there in the welterweight division. You know, so, I mean, it, it's really a, a local car with Marlon Moraes and Cody uh, McKenzie on it. And, I mean, that's maybe the best way of putting it. Uh, maybe one of the more interesting fights on the card is uh, Marcus Hicks, who's 19 and 24. That's 19 and 24. Um coming off of a loss here in November. Actually, before that, he won um, four fights in a row, but he he's kind of had a very, really rough streak 
uh, very early in his uh, career where he lost a lot of fights, but he's taken a lot of fights, you know, the record of 19-24. He's actually going to be only fighting a guy who has four professional fights in Grand Park. Uh, Grand Park's still got four total, excuse me, uh, yeah, four total fights in his MMA career. Um, I don't know why what athletic commission would approve a fight like this. A guy who's fought over, well, hell yeah, over 40 fights against a guy who's fought four fights. So glad to see the Canadian Athletic Commission or um, whatever providence they're going to be fighting at. I'm glad they're seeing, uh, they're doing their job up there in uh, Edmonton to where you're going to have a guy with 40 fights fight a guy with four fights. That makes sense. It seems like that's real safe. But hell, again, what do I know? Uh, I'm just a uh, I'm just a, a radio host, so what do I know? Uh, but that's that's a very interesting fight that you'll see. Uh, that's going to be a part of uh, the prelim portion of the card. So a guy with 40 fights fighting a guy with four fights. Go figure. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to see if we can get here our second guest of the night on the line. We'll see if we can get a hold here of Megan Mayhem, uh, Mayhem Goodwin here on the show. So let's let's see. Maybe the second time will be a charm. Uh, here we're trying to get our guests on the air. So let's dial her in and see if she will pick up. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Nine one eight. Okay, well, um all right, well strike two. <laughs> so we're are, are we're batting a thousand right now. So both of our guests here tonight so far um, have either not answered or it's going directly to their voicemail. All right. Well, this is live radio, folks. What can you do? Well, hell, let's preview then Bellator. <laughs> Bellator MMA is going down here uh, Friday night. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm really happy for this card. I'm really hyped. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, this is going to be really, really violent. And I like violent fights. really do. Violence, violence is good, especially in mixed martial arts. And when you have two gentlemen like Alexander Slomenko and Melvin Manhoff, it's going to end violently. There is no two ways about this fight. Melvin Manhoff, Alexander Slomenko will end badly. Somebody is going to get their face wrecked. But that's what we like about this fight. That's why this fight was booked. That's why this fight is going to be fun for the masses to watch. Now, Alexander Slomenko, this is pretty much his opportunity to show that he's not washed. That's just what it is. Um, he's lost now. Well, let me rephrase this. Let me make sure I word this correctly. He's lost two fights in a row underneath the Bellator umbrella. He did go out and have a fight over in uh, Europe uh, to close up the year here in December. He was able to pick up a unanimous decision win. Didn't look that great, but he did fight somewhat cautious, I thought. So take that for what it's worth. But the last two times we've seen him in the Bellator cage, he got choked out by Brandon Halsey and got put to sleep in September. He got choked out and put to sleep by T. Ortiz in May of last year. Now, the Ortiz fight, I will always have an asterisk fight because he had zero business fighting at light heavyweight against T. Ortiz, who's naturally, you know, fight night is going to be weigh as much as most heavyweights. Uh, he's going to weigh around 230-ish, if not more, you know, the night of the fight. And Schlemenko's already a small middleweight 
him going up and fighting in that fight was completely dumb. Uh, but that was Bjorn Remy's doing. No one will be able to tell me any different there. So, you know, he's lost two fights in the Bellator case. So that's the last time we saw him. Got choked out by Brandon Halsey. You know, for Melvin Manhoff, Melvin, you know, did an interview, and he said he know he's pretty much shaved quite a bit of time off his life and his career um, from fighting in the cage, and he's, he's perfectly fine with that. Um, he got knocked out here just in November against Joe Schilling, so we're just barely upon 60 days since him getting knocked out. You know, we're, we're past that mark, but not by a whole hell of a lot, um, which I thought was kind of weird when this fight was booked. Um, you know, prior to that, he won a couple of fights in a row being knocked out against Doug Marshall uh, and against eventually Santos. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This this was tough to call. Um, I think of the two, Shomenko can take a better punch. So, there's that. So, I think, you know, he can take a few more shots than what Melvin Manhoff can take at this point in his career. So um, that that's, you know, that's, that's to be stated there. So I think he can actually fight and can, can take the shots. He can win the storm. But I think from a technique aspect, Madhoff may have the better technique to where he can land the cleaner, crisper shots. and may have a little bit more punching power behind them. That's what makes this so intriguing. This is what makes this fight so fun. It may go past the first round, but it's not going past the second round. Um, I think these two may fill each other out here for the first pause, uh, fill each other out here for the first part of the first round, kind of gauge the range, and then before they really start engaging. But um, beyond that, man, it's going to end violently. It's going to end bad. Uh, It's going to be blood. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot lot of fun. The co-feature of the card uh, which is another fight that has fun written all over it. Pat Curlin versus Daniel Welsh. Welsh, I think it's Welsh is how you enunciate it. Uh, you know, for for Daniel, you know, he was out. Uh, hadn't fought since uh, hadn't fought since May of last year. Um, did have a very productive 2014, going three and zero. Even before that, was overwinning the M1 Challenge. Went up six fights in a row. Uh, has looked good in his fights. Hasn't you know really lost. I really lost anybody, you know, glaring on his career here uh, recently. But, hey, you know, mainly fought a lot over in Europe and, and a lot of international fights and the ones he's lost. But, you know, it's going to be very big for him here uh, against Daniel, uh, uh, excuse me, against uh, Pat Kerwin because really the winner of this fight is going to put themselves in perfect position for a featherweight, you know, championship bout down the road later this year. Uh, against whoever that may be at that time. Um, you know, for Carlin, this is going to be his first fight since he lost here in September uh, to uh, Pitbull Ferrari. Did not look good in that fight. Just seemed like he couldn't pull the trigger. And that was his first title defense after uh, beating Daniel Strauss here in March of last year. He just didn't didn't seem himself. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can kind of get back on the horse, get back to normal, uh, and get back to getting himself focused and, and really locking in on his wrestling. So, which is something he said he's going to be working on because standing in Vegas, I think, with Daniel may not bode well for him in this fight. Um, although even being on the ground may not bode you know, real well for him because uh, Daniel's got 21 career submission wins out of his 34 fights. 
So, I mean, the guy's legit on the ground. So this is going to be a highly interesting, highly um, competitive fight, I think. I think this one may, from a technical aspect, still the show. Um, obviously, the main event is going to be, you know, somebody's going to get knocked out and hurt, but Kerwin and Daniel are going to put on a, a very uh, competitive fight across the board. Uh, and then another fight that's also interesting that, uh, you know, the ever-growing uh, women's division there on the Bellator, you know, Julia Budd's going to be taking on late replacement uh, Gabrielle Holloway. For Bud, she's going to finally get her opportunity uh, to fight here for Bellator. We thought it was going to happen last year. Have some, some things not fall in place for her there. Uh, she hasn't fought since December of 2013 uh, in Invicta FC7. So it's been over a year since she's fought. And that's, you know, there, there's going to be cage rust there. I don't care how, what you say, there's going to be cage rust there. You know, and for Holloway, you know, granted, she just literally fought here a couple of weeks ago uh, at a local show uh, in, um, I would say it might have been in North Carolina. Uh, she just fought here on January 24th and picked up a win. Uh, she was in Louisiana. She picked up a win there. Uh, but it was a, you know, TKO win. Um, she's 4-1 relatively young. We reached out to her uh, about, you know, possibly coming on the show. She's game, um, you know, after here, after the fight, just, you know, with her taking the final short notice, she just doesn't have time to really do uh, promotion. She's got a still working, a normal job, um, and then also training here for the fight. So it's one of those things to where it can be a, it can be interesting on one, you know, on both ends. For Julia Butt, she could get snake bit for getting a late minute replacement opponent that you can't really game plan for, that you find out, you know, a week and a half ahead. So about, you know, 10 days out, you find out you're getting a new opponent. You know, with them being really more of a local fighter uh, out of the North Carolina area, you may not have much, that much them on them to watch. You know, not, not that much to analyze on regards to what your opponent may bring into the cage, what they may do. So, you know, for, for Bud, Bud's kind of at a, a slight disadvantage, you know. And for, uh, for Gabrielle, this is, you know, this is her shot. You know, she has literally, she's playing with house money right now at the table. You know, she wins, you know, boom, you know, this opens up an opportunity for her with Bellator, uh, with them, like I said, they want to grow and build that women's uh, divisions up. Uh, so this gives her an opportunity and can give her a place where she can fight. She's going to have an established fighter she's beaten on her resume. You know, if she loses, she may also still be getting another fight with Bellator down the road because they're going to say, hey, you came in, you were game, you gave us a fight, and you did this here on short notice. So, you, you got to, you know, she, like I said, she, she has really nothing to lose and a hell of a lot to gain just from even going out. And even if she fights and loses, but she puts on uh, a great effort, you know, no one's going to uh, to knock her at all for that. So, uh, that that will be an uh, interesting fight there. And that's actually going to be a part of the televised portion of the card. So, uh, glad they're actually showing love to the women and, and showing that on the card. Um Beyond that, you're going to have, uh, you know, some, some local California talent that's going to be a part of that card that you'll see there on the undercard. I, I do know Chris Honeycutt is another one that uh, Bellator's kind of kind of hyped on out of the California area. He's going to be making his second fight for Bellator. Um, he's been knocking guys out in his fights, man. So uh, he's one of those guys in the welterweight division they're going to keep their eye on. I think his fight is also going to be on the, uh, on the television portion of the card against uh, Clayton McFarlane. Um, McFarlane's also an undefeated fighter, um, but the promotion he's gotten some fights with a little bit suspect. Uh, we won't even say that. Just do your research, and you'll know what I'm referring to there. Um, but 
So, like I said, Bellator is going to put on a card here Friday night, so you'll pretty much have fights every night this week. So, uh, Bushmanko, uh, Manhoff is going to be highly violent and entertaining all in one. Um, if you're not watching that on Friday night, you better have a really good excuse or at least have a DVR because uh, that's going to be a fun, fun fight. So uh, we will try here momentarily for our third and possibly final guest here of the night. Um, <laughs> that hasn't really worked out for us the way we planned here on Punch in the Face Radio, but hey, again, this is what happens when you do a live radio show. Uh, we'll try here momentarily here for Summer Bradshaw. And now she is uh, she's not signed with any promotion per se. We'll obviously uh, get her some more information in regards to uh, to that, you know, if she's looking to, to sign on with someone long-term. But she just turned pro here last year uh, after having an undefeated amateur career, picked up her first victory here in October. So we will see uh, if we can get a hold of her and um, and see what's, what's going on with her and what she's planning on uh, doing here in 2015. And then close out the show, we're going to re- um, recap. We'll uh, preview UFC fight night here from Bloomfield, Colorado. It'll go down Saturday. Uh, forgive me, but my voice is starting to crack and go out again. It's nothing more than this horrific weather that I'm surrounded by here in the Midwest. You know, one day it's um, you know damn near 70, and I have on shorts and I'm barbecuing. Uh, the next day is 32, and the winds are like 35 miles per hour. So very strange, very odd weather here, but, hey, what can you do? That's what living in the Midwest is all about. So what we're going to do is we're going to try now our third guest of the night. Let's see if we can get a hold of her. So we're going to dial in here Summer Bradshaw and see if she'll pick up the line here tonight. I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Wow. All right. So over three tonight here on Punch in the Face Radio. Well, this is this is something else. So I apologize to all of our listeners tonight. Um we tried Tiny Avenger, the Lancer, uh making good ones went directly to a voicemail and some of Bradshaw's line didn't pick up as well. So I apologize to all our listeners tonight here in regards to our guest. Um, we'll maybe see if we get them scheduled another time. Maybe not. Um, so you know what? We're going to keep the show moving. We're going to just keep it rolling, man. It, it is what it is. Um, Benson Henderson is moving up to welterweight here this weekend in Bloomfield, Colorado, uh, at UFC Fight Night. Now, this is a... Interesting in regards to this because, you know, as we had said on last week's show, we, we gave a breakdown of a listing of all of the fighters who have uh, altered or changed their um, – the, the fights have been changed around due to injuries and, and what have you, and in some cases failed drug tests in regards to uh, Rory McDonald and now uh, Hector Lombard. But, you know, this one is interesting because Benson Henderson is moving up in weight. Uh, this, is, this is a fight that I don't know – 
what exactly he wins out of this. Uh, I know he won a fight again after he suffered a very bizarre loss on the card to Donald Cowboy Cerrone uh, here last month at UFC Fight Night up in Boston. Um, you know, Henderson fought him in the fight. I thought he won the fight, but judges didn't. Uh, all of us who were watching the fight all thought he won the fight as well. So uh, that's neither here nor there. He wanted to get back in a, a fight and fight as soon again as possible. We thought he was going to face Jorge Marsval. Uh, instead, he's going to actually move up to welterweight and uh, take on uh, Brandon Batch uh, after Stephen Thompson got injured and, and couldn't take the fight. So, you know, for Henderson, this is going to be, that I know of, his first fight ever at welterweight. Um, I know he's fought a couple of catchweight fights um, in between lightweight and welterweight, but this is actually going to be his first time fighting at 170. So, you know, I do know that he had said, you know, he might have had a little bit of issue with, you know, cutting the weight, but was feeling good and was still feeling pretty good about being able to cut the weight down uh, to lightweight with no problem. You know, with him not having to cut weight for this time around to fight at welterweight, I, I'm really interested to see what kind of Vincent Henderson we're going to see. Now, will he be stronger than Brandon Thatcher, who's more of a natural welterweight? Eh, we'll see. But with him not, with him maybe not having to cut the weight, maybe he's going to be stronger than what he normally is. So, you know, this is what makes this fight so interesting. Now, Brandon Thatcher's case, you know, this guy is on a um, 10-fight win streak. Um, you know, he's been literally laying guys out. Um, all 10 of those wins have came in some form of stoppage all in the first round. So, yeah, like, this is maybe not the right opponent you maybe want to face in your welterweight debut, a guy who is finishing guys in a kind of a scary pace. Um, you know, he, he uh, flying me to the body against uh, Paulo uh, Tiago here um, back in 2013. So, yeah, man, he, that's kind of the thing, though. He hasn't fought in a long time. That may be the, the biggest knock on him is him not fighting for that long of a stretch. Um not good, you know. You know he's he's been hurt uh, and injured and what have you. But over a year off, that that's going to make that interesting for him. But hey, ten fights in a row before then. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll just, I, I really want to see how Vince is going to look there at, at the new weight. And we are not completely sure if this is going to be a one-time thing. It could be a one-time thing. Could be permanent. Because it looks good. I feel it's going to be permanent. If he's in the welterweight division. That's just going to make the division even more crazy. That, that may be the most – that's probably the most interesting division there is right now for the UFC. Heavyweight, not so much. Uh, it's Fariso Verdum and Cain Velasquez with Junior Dos Santos, you know, behind them but way in front of anyone else. A light heavyweight is pretty much John Jones and Rumble Johnson. You get past those two, I don't know anybody else in that division – who could possibly beat those two? Those two are looking to be the two best in the division. Middleweight, Chris Whiteman, I don't even know if he can stay healthy enough. He seems mighty fragile. So that division as a whole is just a shit show. We don't know. Or Vito Bell for the past drug test. We don't know. And that's a shit show division. Once weight is easily the most in-depth division there is. Second, Robbie Lawler gets healthy. You know, it's going to be back on. You never know with George St. Pierre if he's ever going to show his face back up and fight again. So it should be interesting all the way around uh, for that division. But those two, you know, for Benson Anderson, if he can win, he's going to really add a, another layer there within that division. 
Uh, Max Holloway versus Cole Miller is a, another interesting uh, fight there in the featherweight division. You know, for Holloway, you know, he's bounced back since he had that a unanimous decision loss to Conor McGregor with four straight wins via four straight stoppages. Uh, he's definitely looking to he looks to be more of a, a angry fighter since then. Uh, for Cole Miller, you know, Cole Miller's one of those guys who he gets on his win streak and then he'll drop one that he shouldn't he shouldn't uh, lose. Um, this is going to be one of those I think he will probably win in this fight, but I, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot tougher for him than what it is. Uh, Holloway's one of those guys who's a very he's a, a volume fighter, and if Holloway can get the get in a rhythm and let those hands go and, and start landing a volume of punches go, you know Cole Miller could be in trouble. Cole's going to have to get this fight somehow on the ground uh, in order to stop it. The longer he stands up on his feet, the more Holloway's going to actually pick picking apart and bust him up. Um, so I don't know. I, I may go with Holloway there. I think I'm going to go with Max there in, in that one. Uh, another interesting fight there in the welterweight division also here on the card. There's Neil Magny. Now, Neil Magny, you say what you want, uh, a phenomenal 2014, five fights, five wins, two via stoppage. Um, you know, five wins in the calendar year is just completely awesome for him uh, to be able to do that. Uh, had a, you know, he had a run there on the Ultimate Fighter uh, season. You know, that was the season one by uh, uh, Colton Smith, who was our guest here last week. And, you know, didn't win the show, got knocked out, I want to say, in the semifinals. But really, since then, has actually had a really solid UFC career. Um, you know, lost uh, lost a couple in a row, was looking kind of shaky here uh, for him here to end 2013. And then, boom, last year, five wins, five uh, five fights, five wins, looked great. Um, you know, in, in this case, he's going to be facing here uh, Japanese fighter Akajichi uh, uh, Kumanatu. Coming out to hopefully I don't say that right. Um, There's another one of these guys who American fans aren't going to be too too familiar with. Uh, he actually hasn't uh, hasn't fought in the states here since uh, 2007, uh, oddly enough. Uh, so he's been fighting exclusively over in Japan, uh, and his fights here for the UFC have actually been over in Singapore and in Canada. Uh, so you know a lot of fans haven't seen him fight, haven't seen him in action, but. Uh, a skilled fighter. I mean, he's riding right now a uh, with a, a seven-fight win streak uh, with some stoppages there. Um, you know, he, very, he's a submission fighter, so it's going to be one of those things. You know, obviously, Neil Magny, uh, longer he keeps the fight standing, better chance he's going to have. Uh, should be, though, a, a interesting fight. And we'll see what kind of 2015 uh, Neil Magny can have. If he keeps that streak going and it keeps, you know, gets another win here uh, in a row, you got to start throwing him in the mix and giving him, you know, a top 15 guy there in the, within the what's-away division and see, you know, all these wins flukes or are they legit? Uh, so this is going to be a real interesting kind of a, I don't want to say a crossroads fight for Neil Magny, but if he can win, you got to give him a bigger fight here uh, later this year, uh, especially the guy, you know, five fights, at, you know, last year. You know, if he can stay healthy and gets a, get a quick finish, and you know how these UFC cards are being, you know, having so many events, He'll more likely get four to five fights here again this year if he can stay healthy and not get banged up. Um, also on the card, uh, you got Nick Lentz. He'll be a part of the card. Uh, he'll be a face. Uh, you know, he's coming off of a win here in May. Uh, he's looking to kind of keep his momentum going against Levon uh, Maskevetsky. I'm not saying that right. Uh, local product Tim Elliott uh, here out of uh, 
local guy here fights uh, Glory MMA here from Kansas City. Uh, this is going to be a big fight for him. He's currently a two-fight losing streak here for the UFC, losing to Joseph Benavidez. Um, you know, he got choked out in the first round, but, you know, losing to Joseph Benavidez is not a not a bad thing. Uh, the guys he's lost against are actually legit top guys there. Um, and the UFC has also lost to John Dodson. So, uh, two fights in a row he's losing, so there's going to be a big fight for him to get back on the horse and get on the winning ways. Uh, he's going to be facing Zach um, Moskowski. Bogatsky, we'll go with that, close enough. Uh, in Zach's case, he's also coming off of a loss here uh, in August. But, you know, prior to that, he was had a four-fight, one streak, uh, and then that got snapped here uh, in his third fight for the UFC. So, you know, interesting fight there. That'll be one of those on the prelim cards, part of Fox Sports 1. You know, why they split this up and saying prelims and main card is stupid, it's all on Fox Sports 1 at once. Just show the whole damn thing to say, hey, here's the fight card. Uh, also on the card, and this guy seems to have nine lives in regards to the UFC, uh, Efren Escudero will be fighting again. Uh, he's coming off the loss here to Leonardo Santos here in September. Uh, this is now his, his what, third third stint here with the UFC. Uh, this guy was ultimate fighter season eight winner and just really, really had a, he had a pretty decent run there in the UFC. Um, going three into his first go-round, uh, they cut him after his loss to uh, Charles Oliveira because uh, he missed, you know, he lost that fight and he missed weight. So he ended up getting cut, got a couple of wins outside the UFC, actually even had a fight with Bellator um, and won that. And after that, you know, got signed back to the UFC, lost a couple more fights, got cut again, lost a couple more fights, smaller shows, won a couple more fights, including another win, oddly <laughs> enough, for Bellator. Um, so they picked him up again. Uh, and then actually you know, he lost some – he kind of had a mixed bag in between the second and third stint here with the UFC. You know, one, had a one streak, lost a few here and there, brought him back here in September, lost again. So I, I just – after that Skidder, I was one of those guys I will pr- probably never be able to put my finger on. At age 29, I don't know what, you know, what he can do, what he has left uh, in the tank, but we shall see. He's gonna. This is going to be his opportunity for his third run. Uh, with the UFC, I would say if he loses, he's probably going to be cut yet again. So, um, but yeah, that that's all going to go down here. UFC Fight Night from Bloomfield, Colorado, here on Saturday. You can catch that complete card here on Fox Sports One. Uh, but you know what? Since we weren't able to get a hold of any of our guests here tonight, uh, that's our show for tonight. We're we're, not, we're just going to even wrap it up uh, at this point. Um, like I said, I apologize to all the fans and all the listeners. Uh, we thought we had everything booked and set up. We had their numbers. We called them. Couldn't get a hold of any of them, but that's fine. Uh, hopefully, next week's show will not disappoint. Uh, next week's show, we're going to be joined by UFC 184 co-headliner uh, Raquel Pennington, a.k.a. The Rock, or Rocky. We just call her The Rock. Uh, she is going to be joining us and speaking in regards to now her and Holly Holm being the co-main event at UFC 184 next week. So make sure that you join and you listen uh, to the show. Uh, we'll be joined by her. We'll also be joined here uh, by some Titan FC uh, fighters. who are going to be part of the Titan FC 33 card here next month as well. So shout out uh, to Brian, to Jeff, O squad over there, Titan FC. Appreciate them as always. But Raquel Pennington next week here live on Punch of the Face Radio. So uh, until then, I want everybody to be safe, be blessed. Um, and, again, I do apologize about not being able to get the guest on the show tonight. We try. 
Uh, we'll maybe have a story in regards to why we couldn't get a hold of any of them next week. Uh, until then, uh, this is Brandon Stubbs, and I'm out.